this message. Thank you for the people that you blessed me to be the pastor over, and even those who I'm not passionate over, thank you for allowing them to hear my voice today, and thank you, Lord, for speaking through me. And Lord, as we present this message today, let someone's heart be transformed in the name of Jesus, because you're such an amazing God, and we appreciate you so much, because we couldn't do this without you. So Lord, we ask you right now, reduce us, that you may increase, so your word can move forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Everybody said, one life under God. The kingdom agenda, the power and purpose of prayer. All right, amen. The power and purpose of prayer. God is God is uh, an amazing God. Uh, I'm so happy to have my baby home today. Uh, she uh, hadn't seen her in a while, so she came home, put a big smile on my face. So I'm always excited. Y'all know how I feel about her, right? My whole she she's my second boss, but I still love her, right? I went into AFib last night, and uh, my heart uh, goes into irregularity, so I'm kind of short of breath. And so I told my wife, don't you tell my daughter, whatever you do, because she becomes very fussy, right? So she went tell her, so I got up this morning, and I told her, and then she was mad, because my wife didn't tell her, so she's mad at Ardina. So I was glad she was mad at Ardina, and not me. <laughs> so I'm all right, I'm all right there. The, the Bible uh, is a very unique book. Now, so as you read the Bible, uh, understand the Bible is written um, by men inspired by God. Everybody say inspired by God. So God spoke to men and men wrote the Bible and the Bible really became a living document, a living and breathing document that a group of people live their life by. All right. And so they have these rules and regulations. And so they have multiple authors that write the Bible. Uh, to tell you, man, about God's story, right? His love story and his relationship, man, with his people. And it was interesting because God loved us so much in the beginning that he created us in his image and he gave us dominion. Now, people don't normally give people power and dominion, uh, but God did that. In Genesis 1 and 26, God created us in his image and then he gave us power and gave us dominion but he never gave us dominion over human beings. But the thing that he wanted was he really wanted the human being man, to work together cohesively to love each other and care for each other and not hurt each other. But, you know, we we are different uh, species of people, man. And we always want to step on someone to get to where we got to go. Uh, and so God kind of saw this going on. So when you deal with uh, the Bible, know that it's God's love story. And it's him telling us about his royal family and the characteristics and the behavior of his royal family. Um, so when God created the earth, right, and he created mankind and he put us in charge in the earth, he really wanted us to really run the earth. Now, this is important. Don't miss this piece. He really wanted us to run the earth, Teresa, in conjunction with him. Right? He really wanted us to run the earth, man, in conjunction with him. He never, ever wanted to run the earth, man, us independent of him. So you have some people they call atheists, man. They don't believe in God. It doesn't matter whether they believe in God or not. That doesn't matter. What matters is God is still God, and he sits on the throne, and he's sovereign, and that doesn't change. But he says, but my whole purpose when I created you I created you, man, so you can really run the earth, man, really in conjunction with me. So I wanted you to always be in connection with me, right? So in order for us to be effective in the earth, 
is we got to be connected with God. That's why Jesus talked about that. So Jesus, uh, who comes on the scene, who had been prophesied about and talked about from Genesis, man, all the way, man, to the New Testament, when they had the, the gap for about 400 years, and he comes on the scene, and then he introduces the kingdom of God. When he introduces the kingdom of God, what he did was, uh, God blessed a man by the name of, we call him Jesus. Some people call him Yeshua, whatever. Really blessed him to come into the earth, really, and God empowered him with all of his attributes, right? All of his power, all his uniqueness, all his characteristics. And this man was such a phenomenal man that he mesmerized people with his teaching. But at the same time, he had a lot of people, man, that was really upset with him because he upset their apple cart, because the religious community had kind of like took charge, right? So Jesus comes on the scene, uh, and he introduces the kingdom of God, what he really was doing in so many words, people. I want you to understand something. That's why Jesus is so unique than everybody else. He came, unlike any other prophet, there was a lot of prophets, Muhammad, Buddha, it's a lot of them came, right? But Jesus was different, not just because of Calvary. Remember, this it just wasn't about Calvary. He was different in the sense that he really denied, he was showing us the uniqueness of denying yourself, loving other people, right? And caring for other people. And it was really, truly, man, about relationship. So all of his teachings was about relationships and how not to hurt other people and to build other people up, right? But he was telling us that there's no way that you will be able to do that without being connected with God. Now, a lot of other people, man, when you study uh, Hinduism and, and Buddhism and all that stuff, when you study them, all of them, all of the major religions, man, Islam, all of them, all of them have a piece uh, where they spend time uh, t- connecting back with the God. They, they, they got to spend time because they cannot even operate, man, without nobody does anything without the king. Keep that in mind. So as they interact, they always try to reach high to put on the power, man. Watch this here. So we can live effectively on the earth. Because don't nobody want to die. People, people, (laughs) nobody wants to die. That's where all the theorists and uh, all all these theories and all this stuff, man, about the pandemic and all this kind of stuff. People are panicking about the vaccine. Should you get it now? They're trying to repopulate or they're trying to depopulate the earth and all that, and then people get nervous. The reason why people get nervous is because they don't want to leave here. They kind of like it on earth. Even though they say it's a lot of hell, they kind of like it. They don't want to leave, even though a lot of us talk about our life on the other side. I like it here better, so I want to stay here as long as I can, right? Well, I want you to know something. I want to let you in on the secret. God intended for all of us to run to, to be here on earth, to work in partnership and in family on the earth, right? Now, he's the unique one, right? It's a lot of other ones did a lot of stuff, but the uniqueness with him and his story, which a lot of people say it was hard to believe, is because he sacrificed him, his life for the sake of his followers. And he's the only one to do it. No one else did it except Christ. So Christ sacrificed his life on behalf of the other people. Now, keep that in mind. So there's a lot of religions, a lot of them said, there's a lot of other people that did that, and it was a copycat religion and all that. All that stuff was 
is real with a lot of stuff other people do it and all that kind of stuff. I won't get into that. But I want you to understand Jesus right now and this teacher who's so phenomenal, who really changed your life. I want you to understand that he really changed your life. You said, well, I don't know if he really changed my life. He really changed a lot of our lives, right? And so we're going to talk about him and why it wasn't so important. So I was, uh, I was getting my message, and uh, as I'm preparing this lesson on Matthew, the sixth chapter, and, and about God, I, was, I had a conversation with my daughter this morning, and she was telling me about her, uh, her fasting from, she didn't know this was coming in, but she told me about her fasting from social media and the impact of social media. But she said something to me that, that really solidified my message. She says, uh, I told my therapist that I was going to fast from social media, and then I was going to spend more time meditating, connecting with God. She said, and I'm more connected with him when I'm in my meditation. I said, bam. I said, God, you're amazing. I said, you did this thing. You hit it right on head. Because he always gives me something, man, to solidify what I'm about to teach. Right? So I want you to understand this. I want everybody to get this. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he starts to preach a powerful message. And his message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I want all the young people to get this here. What he came to say was, I want you to understand something. Your life is nothing, man, without God. He says, so God, he says, now I want you, you need to turn your life because you, you're trying to run your life, man, apart from God. Now, remember that he ain't talking about him. Now, now we, when Paul came on the scene, he really started to emphasize Jesus. But Jesus when he started teaching, when you read Matthew, when he came on the mountain, he started preaching, he never talked about him. He always directed everybody to God. He kept talking about God and the uniqueness of God and who he is. And he talked in the, in the, uh, uh, about relationships. He talked about marriage. He talked about divorce. He talked about murder. He talked about hating people. He talked about judging people. And everything man, was about relationship and how to be functional on the earth, man, to be a functional society. Because what God wanted us to do, he wanted us, man, to really understand that we are all connected. It doesn't matter whether you're Asian, black, white, Hispanic. He said, I want you to understand something. All of us are connected. Now, some people are going to tell you uh, that you're not. I'm telling you, just redo the research. Uh, we are all connected in one form or another. Amen? So, so Jesus comes on and he preaches this powerful, powerful message uh, on the mountain. Right? So he, he preaches on the mountain, and on the mountain uh, uh, is, is interesting, right? Uh, and here's what he says on the mountain, right? He, uh, he, he on the mountain in the fifth chapter, uh, he was very specific, man, about the beatitudes. And he talked about the attitudes, man, that we should have as human beings. And we talked about these attitudes. He said about the attitudes you should have and how, how we are. The, uh, the number one thing he says is you got to be poor in spirit. All right? So when you're poor in spirit, that means I'm, God is the most important thing to me. That's the first thing he talks about. And then he goes on down and he talks about the beatitudes. And then he gets down and he gets deep and he says, you are the salt of the earth. Then he goes from you are the salt of the earth to you are the light of the world. Now, remember that he's talking to his disciples. He hasn't been on the scene yet. They, they've been up under the Roman Empire and the Jewish. And he said, so he comes in with this powerful message. He said, you're important. He said, do you know who you are? 
because I need you to recognize who you are. He said, what you do, man, impacts everybody's life. He said, you're like the start of the world. He said, you help stop the decaying in people's lives. It's all about how you treat people. Everybody said, how you treat people. Right? That's why he said, yeah, you are the light of the world. Remember, you're a light that sits on top of a hill. Right? And he says, it's important uh, that you give light to the whole room. Understand that. When people get, come in contact with you, you can change their mood. You have the power to change their mood. That's how powerful you are. Because you were creating God's image. You don't realize. You have in the room. You said, man, I can't. Kind of, a person walk in the room and everything changed. Just their presence, their energy comes in the room. And that energy changes the room. I used to party. Now, don't nobody party no more like me and Pentecost. We used to party, right? Me and DeAndre Pentecost used to party. You know what I'm saying? And when we used to go to the party, when we walked in the party, uh, we can tell the party was going to be hopping, man, by the energy when we walked in the room. A whole lot of other y'all was with us too, man. Right? See what I'm saying? Y'all like, yeah. And, they, and the DJ knew it too. So the DJ would play certain music, man, that would touch us. And then we'd be like, oh, mm-mm. You know, just hit the move, you ready. And everybody, you see him over there, and you look over there, and say, man, this is going to be good tonight. Right? And you just look, Derek, Derek, already, he ready to go party right now. No, day's over. Your day's over, Derek. Right? We get, that's the energy, man. That's the energy we bring to the room. Isn't that powerful? That's how God, us being connected to God, that's how powerful this is. Right? So when Jesus comes, remember that Jesus never brought a religion. I want y'all to remember that now. He never brought a religion. Jesus never brought religion. We made him a religion. So we called ourselves Christians, and it was, it was that happened in Antioch. But he never said that. He just taught the kingdom. Are y'all with me so far? Now, here's my notes. Now, don't y'all pay attention to Genesis chapter 1, because that was me and my notes screwed up. I want you to put down Matthew chapter 6. Right? Matthew chapter 6. So, now, so let's deal with this. Now, remember, God created us in his image and his likeness. God wanted us to run the earth on his behalf. He always wanted that to happen. Now, and when people did it, things worked well. And when they didn't, it was hell to pay. It's the same way with us. When things are going well, everything's good to go. When, we, when our life go off track, it's hell to pay. I don't care who you are, right? So when you walk out, so he says, watch Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 6, yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Thank you. I love you back there. I had two verses up to it. Right? Matthew chapter 6, here's what it says. And when you pray, now this, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on prayer, right? Now, I want you to listen very carefully all right, to what Jesus said. Everybody see what Jesus said. Now, before I go any further, I want to reference this and understand that Jesus taught us how to pray. And the reason why he taught us this, because there's no way we can work in this earth, man, without being able to communicate with God. He says, you can't be effective in the earth, man, without communicating with God. Anybody, I challenge anybody, anybody that don't have a prayer life is dealing with a lot of challenges. Right? Because you have to communicate with God because one, one uh, uh, theologian said this here. And you can write it down. He says, uh, 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 prayer is like giving God earthly license for heavenly interference. Right? What we're doing is we're asking God to come down and intervene on the earth on our behalf. 
So, so, so I got to have a pretty good relationship with him, right? So I need to spend a lot of time with him. Now, Jesus was different, right? And here's what Jesus. Now, John was praying and all that. So Jesus' disciples says, teach us how to pray, right? Because something about prayer was different because Jesus never had healing services. He just prayed to God in advance, and then he healed the people, Right? And he just healed the people. He didn't go through a lot of ritual. He didn't have no prosperity ministry. He didn't have none of that. You know why he didn't have a prosperity ministry? You know why? Because in the kingdom, it's a commonwealth. Everybody is prosperous as long as you stay in line with the king. Because none of the resources are yours in the kingdom. So Jesus is teaching them about prayer. And now this is Jesus talking, not anybody else. Right? Because here's what he knows. And remember this. God is sovereign. Say it. What that means is he knows all and he is all and he can tell you about all because he owns all. Now, he knows your thought before you even think it. Raise your hand if you know that. Right now, so I don't have to ask God permission for nothing. I don't have to need to know because I know he already what? No. So Jesus is there and his disciples and he's teaching us, man, how to be impactful in the earth. So here's what he says. Now, they asked a question about prayer, right? And so in Matthew, as Jesus teaching, he just teaches on it, right? So a lot of us pray, but when you leave here today, you're going to understand it. A little bit better, because it's the only medium that really brings God down here, man, to work on your behalf. And we got to have it. You can't be kingdom, man, without prayer. Right? You got to be able to communicate with him. Here's what he says. And when you pray, now here's what he opens up. This is good. Do not be like the hypocrites. Now, what he's saying is don't be like the play actors. Some people, man, fake it till they make it. Some people are really, they talk one thing and they really do something else. A lot of people, man, they pray and they pray. Uh, I heard a person, you got to pray like never pray. Pray like the, the heavens is coming down. They're all loud. I know you're a good God, all mine. And they, and they just go on. And the more they do it, the more y'all get revved up, right? Because you get tied to the emotional part of it, right? And, and God said, man, listen, it's like I was coaching. I remember I was coaching one time, and Greg Norman was, was my basketball player, and Greg Norman was our stater. And I used to be in practice, and I'd be screaming, Greg, I mean, Brad, and he'd be yelling sometimes. And the kids come to the locker room, they'd be mad. And, and, and Greg would be in the locker room laughing, and they said, man, I don't know why you think everything's so funny. He said, man, I don't pay no attention to coach. He do all that yelling and screaming. I just know, I just hear get back on defense. He said, he did all the, man, y'all, you, you, you're playing like a bunch of chumps. You ain't doing all this here, man. You need to get back on defense. He said, all the other stuff I don't pay no attention to. I just listen to the last part, get back on defense. So then I just get back on defense. Because you add a lot of other stuff to it, and it sounds flowery, man. But God says, okay, when you get done with all that, man, trying to move the people, I want to hear what, you got, what you're asking me. Let's get to the point. Right, and then, are you trying to impress others? You know, how many people have been so people praying, and you swear to God, man, they're trying to impress other people. They, oh, yeah, and then they start talking. They're no longer talking to God. They're talking to you about God. How many people have been, don't you raise your hand right now. So he says, do not be like them hypocrites. Right? He says, uh, for they love to pray. 
standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they receive their reward in full. That's what they want good. Everybody bragging on them. Man, I, you need so-and-so to pray because so-and-so can bring the house down. You know, so you have one person pray all the time. You know, and people love it. Now, he said, listen, now be careful because those people, uh, those, those Pharisees and those Sadducees, they do it for show. Now, I'm trying to give you, the day when you leave here, you won't know how to connect with God. So then he goes on and he says this. But when you pray, everybody say when you pray. Now, the thing what he's telling you is not if you pray because you got to communicate with God in order to get down here and work. He said, you got to communicate with him. I would care if you're a drunk, a dope addict, a junkie, a prostitute, a, a, a battered wife, or whatever. When your back is against the wall and there's nowhere to go, now you're sincere and now God hears you. Because now your heart is really open to him. All right? Because you're genuine now. Ain't nobody, there's nobody around but you and your back is against the wall and the only body that can help you is God. And guess what? You believe that he can do it. You believe it so much that you call on other people to help pray for you. So you say, would you pray for me uh, because I'm struggling, right? And you believe that they can get a what? Prayer through Right now, so he said, now, there, there's no option because you can't function in the earth apart from your communication with God. You got to have God to do it. Right. So he says this when you pray, he said, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who's in, who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done secretly will reward you openly. Now, here's the challenge sometimes. And I, you know, I, I don't get into it much and all that. The challenge is it, it, it really kind of like. Uh, Jesus kind of like throws public stuff out the window, right? And he said, this is, prayer is a private communication, yeah. right? It's a, it's a private. It's between you and God. Most people pray real more genuine when it's just them and God. When they get in front of people, they kind of tend to say, man, want to pay attention to the folks, right? So you have to guard yourself, man, from praying and wondering if people listen to you, am I saying the right words? I want to make sure I don't stumble and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of hard to be genuine. So that's why Jesus almost said you got to go in your secret closet and you got to have that prayer life. Now, you notice something. If you study Jesus' life, for those who read the Bible, if you study his life, he always got up early in the morning and prayed. And then he got with his disciples, man, and worked miracles. Very rarely, man, do you, I don't rarely, you, you don't read Jesus ever praying with his disciples and then healing people. He had already prayed to God, and then he did what he had to do. Because it's such a private thing, and your power comes in your private life. Because now you're more genuine and more sincere with him. And now, and you're more accountable. Because you see, now God, you know my situation. This cancer is eating me up. And the doctor said, there's no way, and I don't have anything to help me. So, Lord, I need you. So now when he heals you, and you come out in public, you got to know that you know. Why, Lord, if you deliver me out of this, you're in a situation that was so ugly, and you can't get out, and God said, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to help you escape. And then you get out the room. You get away. And God said, now, don't you get back in that situation again? Or to be a worse thing. 
and you know it was him that delivered you because there's no way you could have got out of it on your own. That was your prayer. That's when you were sincere about it, right? So, so I didn't tell you, man, about being a, having this prayer and spending time with God personally. Now, this is important, man. I don't want nobody to miss this here. When you're praying to God, it's you, man. Woman, it's you talking to God. Be you, man. Listen to me. It's got to be you because God knows your heart. You, you can't fake God out and you don't have to call him on the carpet. Right? Because he knows what you think before you ever think. He wants you to be sincere and I want you to be genuine and then we can have a conversation. Amen? Now, so we got to have it. It's important because your prayer life, now hear this out, your prayer life determines how you act at work. It determines your relationship in your marriage. It determines your relationship with your children. Your prayer life is everything. I want y'all to hear me out. If your prayer life is weak, your marriage is going to be weak. If your prayer life is weak, your relationship with your children is going to be weak. Because if you don't know how to communicate with the person that created us, we're going to mistreat the human beings. So we got to have God working in us. We got to stay connected with him so he can tell us how to operate in this thing. I can ask every married couple in here and the ones that listen on Facebook, if one of the spouses don't have a prayer life, it's hell in that house. And they may put on a show in front of everybody else, but it's hell to pay. It's, it's a challenge, man. Because the reason why it's a challenge, because that person is not talking to God. They're making decisions on their own. And God is always about loving people and caring for people. And it helps you, man, because Satan is always trying to destroy families. Remember that. Satan's job is to disrupt and destroy the family. Because it's the family that replicates the kingdom. And if I can break the family up, man, I can break the kingdom from moving forward. That's why he told us, man, don't be unequally yoked because you got somebody, man, that's not there and they don't, they look good and they're sexy now and all of a sudden, down the road, if they don't have a value system, it'll ruin your marriage. Don't say amen. Just don't even nod your head because they may be watching. All right, now. Now, so, so, so he goes on and watch Jesus. He says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think that they can be heard because of their many words. All right? He said, don't be babbling. Get directly to the point when you're talking to me. Don't be pre-rehearsed what you heard in church. This is direct with him. He said, do not be like them, for their father, for your father know what, let me see, listen to this here. Your father, everybody said your father. He recognized God has been your father. He said, your father knows what you need before you ask him. So I ain't got time for you babbling off a lot of scriptures, thinking you can convince me. I already know. Don't be telling me how good you are, because I already know you ain't no good. You can't trick me. I knew before you came to me you was on your way. So why are you playing with me? Who are you trying to fool? Are you trying to impress other people because you're not impressing me? This is Jesus talking. Not Paul, not Peter, none of the apostles. This is the teacher who everybody else modeled. So then he goes on to say this. 
I'm really going to get done with this, right? Here's what he said. I'm going to be done in five minutes, too. Verse number nine. This, then, is how you should pray. And he gives us the prayer. Here's what he says. The first thing you got to do is recognize God as being not just your father, but the father of all of humanity. And this is good. Remember that. So don't try to put your daddy against somebody else. AJ can't try to turn me against Anessa. Because I'm her daddy too. God said, don't you, just because you don't like them, remember they're my child too. Now you may not like their behavior and what they're doing, but remember they mind. Watch this here. You're going to like this here. If you have a problem with my child, right, just come and talk to me about mine. And tell me, you have a problem, your kid is doing so and so. So if you have a problem, say, God, I don't know what's going on. And then God will say, okay, now, here's what you, because he'll show you what you're doing. Because all of us have a hand in every situation. We may not like it, but we do. So we have to recognize him as our father. This is Jesus saying. He said, he's our father, and our father is not down here. As much as Nessa loved me, I don't even compare to her real father. Because he just gave me her as a gift to run. Her real father is him. There comes a time when he trumps me. Amen? Right. So, so, so that's important. So then he says this here. Make sure you hollow his name. The Jews wouldn't even call his name. You know, we, we the new people in the West. You know, well, his name is Jehovah Jireh. You know, the, the real Jews never called his name because his name was so holy they couldn't even pronounce it. They wouldn't even say it. And, and one of, he said, who is it? Just tell him I am, sent you. That's how holy, his name was so holy. But, you know, we're different now because with the English language, man, we just come up with stuff. Right? But that's how valuable his name, his name is that value. Then he goes on to say this, right? Uh, pray this here. Your kingdom, what? Come. Your will be what? Where? Where? Now, remember this here now. I want you to understand something, that I want your kingdom to come. Because your kingdom is not here. It's in heaven. All the instructions come to God. Right? I really want earth. I'm praying now. This is hard to pray when you're asking God, I want your will to be done in the earth. It's hard to pray against somebody. It's hard to pray against something. And, and when you're dealing with, when you say, I want your kingdom, because God, now I got to die to me and come alive to him. It's God, I really want your will to be what? Done in my life. Now, then he says, and then now here's the big one, and everybody misses it. He says, give us today our what? Remember the story, so I know some of you guys don't, but it was the story in, in Exodus when the children of Israel was coming out of Egypt. And when they was coming out of Egypt, God, they was hungry. Young people, they was hungry. Read Exodus. They was hungry, and when they was hungry, they didn't know what to do. And so they started grumbling to Moses. They said, Moses, you brought us out here in the wilderness, out of Egypt, and we're hungry and starving to death. You may as well left us back in Egypt. We had food and stuff there, right? Now, I want you to hear this. God was angry about that because they didn't trust him. So what God did was, God said, Moses, they tripping on you. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them their daily allowance. So he gave them quail and, flake, uh, uh, and wafers out of heaven. And he told them, I'm going to give you enough just for today. It's going to be a lot of it out there. This is good. Uh, it's going to be a lot, but I want you to get it, 
And I want, them, I want them that they eat as much as they want. But don't store any of it away. But you know how people are, right? They're like, man, I was hungry, right? And I won't be hungry tomorrow. So they took some extra and they stored it. And it turned the worms in their bosom. They couldn't even eat the next day. So when we talk about God, give us our David. Do we trust him with the resources just for today? Or do we, and how many people cry, God, I need you to help me with my bill, because they're going to shut it off. And it didn't get shut off that day. Matter of fact, it didn't get shut off next week. Now, when we talk about the pandemic, God was so amazing that he gave, listen, everybody thought it was the government. He gave people hundreds and thousands of dollars to pay their rent and pay their bills so they wouldn't get evicted. They didn't work for it. They didn't earn it. Some people had never worked in their life, but God provided. And they still won't worship him because they thought it was the government. Well, the government should have given just it was, it, was, it was never, God said, it's a kingdom. It's never the government's. All of it is mine. I just released it to you. Yeah. You got some of you guys got unemployment, and your unemployment was higher than the money you was making. Yeah. Tell me that ain't God. Give us this day our daily bread. That's what Jesus said. Don't be worried about tomorrow because then you don't have faith in God. You're starting to trust in other things. He goes on to say that. And then he says this in verse 12. He says, And forgive us our what? As we also forgive what? So then he gets personal. And this is all kingdom language. He said, when you pray, while you're up there praying, think about something. <laughs> when I'm in the A-field, my voice changed. He said, I want you to think about something while you're up there praying. Jesus says this. He said, remember how God had forgiven you. I don't want to see no hands. How many, don't raise your hand. How many people was in a situation, Right? And you needed somebody to forgive you. And God allowed them to forgive you. Right? He says, now listen, so when you pray, watch what he says. Forgive other people just like God forgave you. You thought it was Johnny that forgave you. You thought it was Susie that forgave you. No, what it was, God touched their heart. And they forgave you because they shouldn't have, what you did to mess up their family, they should have never forgiven you. What you did when they trusted you with their resources, you should have never been forgiven, but they forgave you. Right? He said, now you got to have my same spirit. So that's why you tell them when you're praying, it's a sin. You can't just be talking to God about crazy stuff. You got to talk to him about forgiveness and address this issue. Right? Then he says, and then you, talk, you know you're dealing with Satan. He said, ask you, he said, now give us the wisdom Ask him to give you the wisdom so you don't get trapped up in the temptations, man, that'll pull you away from me. How many people have been tempted to do stuff, man, that would take you away from your family, away from God, away from relationships, and you know it's the devil? And that thing will lure you away. So Jesus pray that you be delivered, not from somebody else, but he's telling you it's a spirit of Satan. He said from the evil one. That's what you ought to be praying. And then he said, and then I'm wrap it up. Here we go. I'm done. Everybody say done. All right, now, he says, then he says this, verse 14. 
And then I'm going to wrap this up. Now, this, that, isn't, it, wasn't this, isn't the prayer simple? Right? Now, you know, it's, it's a model prayer for us to be able to use it and use it as a guide. You can write your own prayer too, but you got to understand what you're praying for. Right? And understand, uh, say somebody's sick, it falls in that prayer. Right? I don't care if you got to be delivered from something, it falls in there. You, you, that's, what, that's what Jesus is saying, because he's trying to get us, man, to be kingdom-minded and God in relationship. Now, here's what he said. I'm done. This is important, Therese, because now he gets to the nitty-gritty. I told my daughter, this, we're talking about our bodies and the stress and all that, and the food we eat. She's reading a, a beautiful book. They call uh, something about the hood. What is it? What? Yeah. Make the hood healthy again, right? And it talks about your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Watch this here. Verse 14. For if you forgive others, and I told this, if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, and he's done with the prayer, and he wraps, the, he wraps that verse up, AJ, here. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father who you've been praying to will not forgive you. Now, I want you to hear that, and we're going to wrap this up with this, right? Because I, I ain't want to be no hoop and holler stuff. Here's the thing. I don't never hoop and holler anyway. So now, here's the thing. More people die from stress than anything else. You almost can't get into a therapist now. They're so packed. The anxiety level is so high with the pandemic and all the other stuff and relationships and, and all this here and, and pregnancies and I'm mad and, and my kid won't do this here. People are so stressed out, right? But the biggest thing to get everybody is you made me mad and I promise you, man, I'm going to forget, but I'm never going to forgive. Hi, yeah, I thought I said it backwards. I'm going to forget, but I'm never No, the real deal is you're never going to forget it and you're not forgiving. And because you won't forgive them, here's how you know you haven't forgiven them. Every time you see her, it turns your stomach. Every time I see him, what he did to me, I wish he died. I'd be watching. I said, I just hope he slipped and fall right now. Now, would you raise your hand if you ever thought that kind of stuff? Be honest. Because right? you, you, hey, hey, you're so mad at him, what they did, because you won't forgive him. So Jesus comes up and he wraps the prayer up with about forgiveness. Why did he wrap it up with about forgiveness? Because it's all about relationships. If you blow the relationship and you don't get the relationship right, you will ruin your marriage. Most marriages are ruined because somebody made a mistake and the other one can't forgive them. Now here's the crazy thing. They made a mistake just as bad. They just, the other person just don't know it yet. And if you be honest, Lord, you be saying, Lord, please don't let him know what I did. Because I can't be mad at him if he know what I did. Because if we be honest, man, we've done some crazy stuff. And so now, that's why, it's, that's why the forgiveness is such a, a mercy. Think about it. If I can forgive, we can restore. So as you praying, he wraps it up with when you get done, my father 
wants to know, are you willing to forgive people? Because he won't forgive you. Uh, he said, all this other stuff you're praying to me about don't mean nothing. Now, here's how you, here's how you know it's real. In the Bible, it tells you, it, and they used to make sacrifices, and I'm really done. And they would bring the sacrifice to the altar, and they would offer the sacrifice for their atonement. God told them, don't you bring your sacrifice to the altar. Don't you sacrifice nothing. I don't want to hear your praise. I don't want to hear your dancing, your shouting. I don't want to hear your speaking in tongues. I don't want none of that stuff, man, until you go make it right. Because relationships is more than sacrifice. Because we got to interact in this world. And if I can get you guys doing right, then we can make the world better. That is Satan interrupting relationships. And what he's saying, I think what God's saying is, I, I can't believe you allow him that kind of power over your life. So when you pray tonight, and you look at the, you start to pray, start to think about that. Start to think about your forgiveness. Think about relationships. Think about the kingdom coming. Think about me getting closer to God. Spend some time in your meditation and your devotions with God and see what God got to say. Because I think he got something to say to you. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap. Hey, listen. It says, it says uh, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do it. It wasn't me. It's what the word said. Take it and use it to help you become better lovers of brothers and sisters. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for all you've done for us. You've been so good to us, and we can't thank you enough. Lord, the thing that we want so much, you blessed us with. So many resources, our health. Lord, you guide us over situations where we didn't know which way to go. You've been good to us. Lord, you've been a blessing us. You forgave us, right? Sometimes when we didn't even forgive other people, and then you remind us to forgive other people. So we thank you. So, Lord, today we're asking you uh, to come into our heart. Give us a desire to know you more and appreciate you more so we can communicate and love each other more. Lord, we ask you to remove the stress that comes to destroy us, and we ask you to help us today. We know it's a battle. We know it's a battle, but it's today. You said, give us this day. So, Lord, we ask you to help us with our situation today. And tomorrow will take care of itself. I thank you so much for, for your word when you said in Matthew that we don't have to worry about clothes and food and drinks and all that because that's taken care of. So let's let us focus on relationships and building relationships. Bless them, Lord, in the name we pray for every marriage, every family, every business, every entrepreneurship, everyone is trying to get a business off. Let them do it uh, in your will. Let them reach out to you, the author of all of this and the king of all this, so they can know how to do it in the earth, using people, using people resources, blessing people, interacting with people the way you want us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, it's offering time. Give the Lord a hand clap. So I ask you guys to please be a blessing to the kingdom. We can't do what we can't do without you. You guys have been such an amazing group. 
uh, people that God has blessed us to be a part of. So we actually keep on giving your percentage so we continue doing what we're doing. Thank you all so much. Will everyone please stand? Uh, you, can, you can do it online, the Kingdom Embassy. Uh, we have different ways of giving. So you can give online. You can go to our Giveify app or PayPal. We got a church center app. You can do it. All right, got text to pay. You can just write a check and put an offering on the way out. However you do it, we just thank you. Whatever you give, we thank you. Lord, as we leave this place, never your presence. Always be with us and guide our hearts. And when we leave this place and we go home, Lord, give us a desire to spend time with you and get closer to you so that we can really be a reflection of you in the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm asking everyone to please keep your mask on on your way out. We got, we're not going to do a lot of greedy because the, the virus is spreading so fast that just get somebody a high five on the way out, a high five. And I know the fellowship is the most important part. We're just struggling with that right now.